Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Very, very, very lively GOP debate last night. You know, I got to say, I didn't think it would be possible to be entertained by many of these primary candidates Uh, Unless Donald Trump was on the stage last night, I was proven wrong. Uh, That debate was very entertaining. And I got to say, Vivek, uh, to me, again, uh, stole stole the show, uh, primarily because he just seems to be aligned with the Republican Party and where we are at this current moment. I mean... I remember watching with Commander Melanie and I said, you know, he he has he was a little bit rough sometimes, but he was not wrong in his criticisms of the candidates on that stage. Well, I know I speak as someone who's been on that debate stage. I speak as someone who's put in the time to prep. I speak as someone who, if you go back and look at the YouTube footage or watch the debate or watch some of the clips that I shared of the debate that just wiped the floor with my Democrat opponent, (laughs) if there was was any criticism at all, was that I was a little bit too rough. And so that's what I mean. Um, But the reality is, is for me, when I see a candidate like Vivek on the stage and debating the way that he does, I see I associate his passion or his comportment on stage with being passionate, passionate about the issues. Now, look, I'm not saying that I completely trust Vivek. I don't. Um, He doesn't have a whole lot of Republican street cred. He's new to the movement, but he's saying a lot of the right stuff. Um, But okay, so before we get into that, because we're going to bring on Rich Barris here fairly quickly. Uh, We're lucky to have him here. I know many of you all, uh, many of you in the audience have been asking for him. Well, we got him. Savage Rich is back tonight and we are going to unpack this entire debate for you. Uh, prior to coming on the show, though, I got I talked about the Melanie's Christmas tree and it, it happens in phases. We buy a live tree. The tree goes up. 
We trim the tree so it fits appropriately in the room. Melanie starts putting together the thousands. And yes, I do mean thousands of lights on the tree by hand. She starts by wrapping it around the tree trunk. No joke. That woman probably has 4,000 plus lights. Oh, thank you, Brock, for putting it right up on the middle of the screen there. That's the tree. It has no ornaments on it yet. And there's a regularly, there's a debate in my house. <laughs> there's a debate in this house about whether or not we should put garland on the tree. So I'm looking in the chat right now. And I want to do a little experiment. So I see Didi, I see Sue, I see Dolores, I see Ken, uh, I see Esky, I see Whiskey, Myron. Uh, welcome all to, to the trenches with Parnell's platoon. We love having you. Um, but okay, so listen, I like garland. I love it on a Christmas tree. Melanie does not. And my household is, is quite literally split. The, the girls don't like garland. The boys do like garland. Now, Melanie was kind enough to meet me in the middle and put garland up on the tree. So you saw the picture there. Um, ornaments are going up next. That's the next phase of the operation. In fact, it's probably happening as we speak. But tell me, garland or no? I want to see it in the chat. Oh, no. I see no garland. I see no garland. Um, I, I want to hear this because, listen, I, this... I might just go with your vote here, people. I mean, I it, you you all are really it's what kind of garland? No popcorn garland. Yeah, no popcorn garland. Just standard silver garland whiskey. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, see, so I see Sue coming through with the garland. Dolores with no garland. Other garland is fine from whiskey. Yes, garland. Commander Melanie, I know you're listening. And uh, Team Parnell, all of our crazy kids. Tally this up in the chat, and maybe we'll just maybe we'll go with what Parnell's platoon says on the issue. Um, oh my gosh! So look, Steel City Ken saying never Nikki. Yeah, I gotta say, look, it was an interesting interesting dynamic on the stage last night. Nikki Haley was clearly being treated as the front runner, but the interesting thing is is that she was she's not the front runner. Uh, and and it's funny because Natalie came downstairs as we were watching the debate, and she's like. I mean, literally, Natalie, we're a very political family. So Natalie's like, where's Trump? Who are these people? And I, and I said, well, Trump's on, Trump's on a stage. These are all the candidates that are running against him. Uh, but Trump's up by like 50 points. And Natalie's like, well, what's the point of all of this? Exactly. That's exactly right. What is the point of all of this? But the, so back to my point about Nikki Haley, I. I really don't like Republican on Republican violence. I, I don't. I make exceptions for people like Garden State Lizzo, a.k.a. Chris Christie, and Nikki Haley. The reason for that, and I don't hate Nikki Haley. I despise her foreign policy views. It's like she is trotting out old foreign policy positions from the 1980s and 90s that led us into many of the disasters that we are in and have experienced over the last 25 years. And they just say the same BS over and over again. And in fact, not only did Nikki Haley trot out that nonsense last night on that debate stage again. OK, Chris Christie did as well. Chris Christie's like, yeah, of course, if I were president of the United States, I would definitely send commander and troop. Uh, I was commander in chief. I would definitely send troops to Israel. Actually, yes, I would definitely send troops to Taiwan. I mean, the, the crazy thing about it is these people, AK, what they say, like neocons, right? Neocons are George W. Bush type conservatives that believe in forever wars, that believe in, hey, if we send troops there, we can fight the enemy there so we don't have to fight them here. They, they're the folks that believe in these regime change wars. But I don't know how you can look at the situation in the Middle East over the last 25 years, say, and look at what we did in Iraq. 
Look at what we did in Afghanistan. Look at what we did with deposing Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. Hillary Clinton did that under Barack Obama. Look at what we did in Egypt. Look at what we did in Syria, tried to do in Syria. Look at what's happening in Yemen. We deposed autocrats from Egypt to Iraq. What did that get us? 20 years of failure in Iraq and Afghanistan, trillions of dollars spent, thousands of Americans, American lives lost, tens of thousands of Americans wounded, hundreds of thousands of Americans suffering from the invisible wounds of war, millions dead. I mean, we have actually, it's not even a net net. It's, it's not even, we have nothing to show for it. It's a net negative. This country has lost people amazing American citizens that we will never get back because of the foreign policy ideology that is spewed from ridiculous, irresponsible conservatives like Chris Christie and Nikki Haley. And again, nothing. I, I, I don't have any personal animus towards Nikki Haley. I just revile her position. I don't like Chris Christie. I think Chris Christie, he's out there saying, oh, Donald Trump, he said he's campaigning and talking about retribution and holding people accountable, uh, the deep state accountable, which means he's making the election about him and not about the American people. And I'm like, bro, your entire campaign is it exists so that you can go after President Trump. Your entire campaign is retribution against Trump. So it's like amazing to me that no Republican on that stage called him out for that brazen hypocrisy. But I don't like those foreign policy ideals because ultimately it, it could lead to Americans getting hurt. You're, we've already we've already lost enough amazing American citizens in support of these neoconservative wars. I'm done with that. So, so let me just get to this. I want to play this sound, and hopefully, we have Savage Rich here soon. Um, but this, to me, this 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 soundbite that I'm going to play you, to me, was the the moment of the night because it just exposed the talking point esque ignorance of you know old school Republican neoconservative regime change war fallacy of their foreign policy views where they these people don't even know the provinces that they want to send Americans to die in. Go ahead and roll this tape. I want everybody at home to note that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden who still support this what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the U.N. and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's a puppet masters right there, the donors, the donors right there that are playing like the puppet masters. Okay, so listen. I mean, a couple things there. Uh, I know we've got Savage Rich in the waiting room now, and I, I, I want to get his reaction to all this as well. But a couple things there. There was a strange dynamic happening on that stage last night where it seemed like it seemed like Vivek and DeSantis were teaming up against Nikki, and Chris Christie was almost acting like 
his his role was twofold on that stage, right? One of which was to kneecap Trump. Okay. The other part of his role was to protect Nikki Haley for some weird reason. It's almost like they had a conversation behind the scenes. That clip was remarkable for a lot of different reasons. Uh, not the least of which was because Nikki Haley couldn't name the provinces, which to me was, I mean, to me, it's over. I mean, she, she is so out of step with the Republican Party out at this moment. And that, to me, just shows the glaring holes in her foreign policy that she doesn't just because she has foreign policy experience. In other words, was on the U.N. Um, doesn't mean that she knows what right looks like. And in fact, her views are way off base, would be devastating for this country, especially after 20 years of failure in Iraq and Afghanistan. But what I'm saying is it's also saying is that Chris Christie the whole time was trying to chime in there and interrupt Vivek because he was trying to protect Nikki Haley. I don't think it worked. I think Nikki Haley lost that debate in grand fashion last night. We don't know how it's going to affect her on the polls, but I don't know if it would be a very good thing. So I want to get Rich Barris's, Savage Rich Barris's reaction to all this. Savage Rich, I I see clamoring to jump in and you you and I were texting last night. So Nikki Haley actually answered answered the question as to what provinces, right? I don't know what, it's hard to make out what she says, but did she say Luhansk, Donetsk, and Crimea? She definitely said Crimea, right? I meant, I meant Oblast or whatever. That's what they're doing today. I mean, this are is, they? This, yeah, they are. They're, they're, their campaign uh, like immediately sent out uh, like later that night a note like, oh, she misspoke. She knows. Um, but she said Crimea. And look, let's be honest. I think that's actually probably what she thinks. And she didn't right. know. Yeah. I mean, Sean, this is something that I think is important because nobody will care about anything that happened during that debate last night. You know, very few people who watched it, the reaction the next day and that night from the clips from Vivek saying, you know, like hashtag name three and uh, pot- potentially intellectual fraud will be the things that people take away from that debate. Everything else is totally pointless. I mean, this exposed something you and I have talked about this both privately and publicly a couple of times. You know, you served. This is the stuff as somebody who volunteered after 9-11 that pisses me off. We're in a lot of problems for one very simple reason. These are dumb people and they pretend (laughs) that they're very smart. They're not smart. You know, they pretend they're very smart, um, but they have no clue about anything, even common basics. Like, look, Nikki, um, I know you just got an infusion from, you know, all of these donors and everything. I'll be happy to take some of that money if you need geography and international relations lessons, because I was (laughs) bored a couple of years of my life and I went and got degrees for them. You should have probably done the same damn thing, too, before you decided to run for president. I mean, you could see that dumb look on her dumb face. I'm sorry, man. I have no sympathy for these people. This is and and here's something that really gets me. I would tell a real quick story. Before the debate, I spoke to a donor who now is backing Nikki Haley. And this was somebody who jumped ship from DeSantis now to Nikki Haley. So remember that because DeSantis tried his best to say that she'll cave to the donors. But the truth is those donors, Ron, were your donors two months ago before right. you cratered. They're now so were, were you taking money for them and we could expect you not to cave to what they want. And the conversation, though, largely surrounded the transgender, uh, the, the surgery, um, you know, the um, 
what what do they call it? Transitioning argument that she made and stuck her you know foot in her mouth uh, about you know parents should just you know the law is no place. Well, Nikki, if the law is no place, then I'll be happy to give my son, my fourteen year old son, a bottle of scotch for Christmas. Are you an idiot? <laughs> I mean, this is the dumbest stuff these people these people make remarks. And I brought that up to this guy, and he was like, you know what though, Rich, you just don't get it, like. Our kids go to school with a lot of these kids, man. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. Stop. You don't think my kids in public school go to school with a ton of, I don't even like to use the terms they use, gender confused, mentally unstable, sadly in need of mental health children? Do you think because you're rich and your kids go to private schools behind walls in D.C. and in New York City and Silicon Valley, you're the only ones in America dealing with this? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? We just had an incident the other day, which I told him about. This guy thinks he's a girl, yet he still thinks he can put his hands on every guy in school. And when somebody reacted, it became this big thing. And he was like, look, I'm not going to sit there and take a punch. From a dude, a biological dude who now wants us to call, and I'm not going to use the name because people will figure it out, who now wants him, us to call him by a female name because, you know, this is like a fad, which is what it is. There's a social contagion here, Sean. This school four years ago, six years ago was not uh, dealing with the issues like this that they are now dealing with. And this is a, a fad. A social contagion. They think they're the only ones who are dealing with it. This is the world right. they live in. Right. I, I, I completely agree. And it's like the whole idea of, oh, well, we're limited government conservatives. It's like, okay, so listen, I get it. Yeah, we are the party of low taxes and the party of limited, go- limited government. But the cultural issues that we are facing from the left today are insane. And those approaches to dealing with them are not appropriate. And moreover, they're not consonant with where the base is right now. People who are very, very, very concerned with this social contagion. And that's exactly what it is. It's and a fact. It's, it's a fact. Bad. And, 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 the, and the crazy thing about it is that Nikki Haley and Chris Christie, they're on that stage as Republicans running in the Republican primary. I'll keep the government out of it. So it's like, okay, well, my 12-year-old wants to get drunk and get a face tattoo. Nikki Haley would say, keep the government out of it. My 12-year-old wants to you know, smoke marijuana and fly an airplane. Nikki Haley would say, let's keep the government out of it. Or my you know, 12-year-old wants to be a pirate, so I want the doctor to affirm her, her, his or her thought process, remove an eye, cut off a leg, put a peg on there, because, hey, you know, that's, that, I, that's, she's a pirate. I, I want to affirm that. No, no, no. We have an obligation. We don't let children or we don't let par- parents hurt their children. We don't let that's harm right. befall children. This, so how yeah. in the hell are, are, I mean, I mean this, Rich, this is a, this is a question, a legitimate question. It's not rhetorical, but how in the hell? Can Chris Christie and Nikki Haley get this so wrong? Sean, this is, do we not have, like in Chris Christie's state, uh, does he not have DIFUS, right? In Nikki Haley's state, uh, does she not have the Department of Children's Services? These people are, their entire role is to, and by the way, Governor DeSantis, his is out of control. These people, there's a there's a whole Netflix documentary about it right now, about how the state of Florida has been, uh, along with medical professionals, by the way, falsely imprisoning parents for child abuse they didn't commit. This is a plague in his state. It's a plague. And it's not, they're not alone, but Florida is one of the worst. So if 
you know, you just went through a whole bunch and also guns. They have a second, they have a constitutional right, uh, you know, for the, to, to keep and bear arms. Yet I didn't see any of them reverse the ban on 18 year olds buying uh, rifles in the wake of all of these so-called mass shootings that uh, they keep changing the definition of. But in any event, I mean, an AR-15 is a rifle, Sean. It's not a weapon. You know, it's not an automatic weapon. Uh, it's it's not an, uh, a machine gun, all these crazy words they use. Uh, it's a rifle. And yet, in the wake of all of these, Florida and many other southern states caved, and they uh, made it so 18 to 20, you, you, from 18 to 21, you cannot buy a rifle. I didn't see Ron DeSantis undo what was done in Florida, right? Nikki Haley, I will give Ron DeSantis this. Folks, you better know quick, Nikki Haley will cave when these issues come up. She caved immediately on the Confederate flag. She caved immediately on the, the monuments. No matter what you believe about the Confederate flag, that's not the point. She caved without even batting an eye. North Carolina, before my wife and I even got a house in North Carolina, they were dealing with this issue. The na their neighbors to the south, while Nikki Haley was governor, caved on the transgender bathroom stuff at, before it was even like a real thing, a national thing. North Carolina held the line and they were really, just Republicans in North Carolina were really disappointed. You know, like, look, I thought the line was Virginia and down. Boy, you you stabbed us in the back. That's Nikki, Nikki Haley. She will do that. Nikki Haley won't give a damn about any of these issues. Nikki Haley is focused on starting the next war. Get real. Let's get on with it. Limited it government. Limited government, my foot. They call themselves <laughs> limited government. Why then do they think if government is so incompetent and incapable at home, then why would they ever think it's so competent and capable of running another nation's <laughs> government or installing another nation? Like none of it makes sense. Just stop and think, folks. Stop and think for a second. It doesn't make any sense. And Vivek, yeah. you got them to show there. You know what's last night because the truth is they didn't know. Night, she didn't know. Chris Christie didn't know. And that's what we have been dealing with in this country for years. I have felt like long felt bad for people like John Mearsheimer, who, um, you know, he's not only one of the best, if not uh, the best international relations theorists out there, uh, but he, com he comes at it from a military point of view like you and I would. Right. So I'm a realist. And when it comes to that school of thought, without a doubt, I'm even an offensive realist like Mearsheimer. And yet he's got to listen to these idiots in the media get all of this intention. Right. They get they get all the positions in the State Department and they are all uh, basically subscribers of failed, failed foreign policy schools. That's all they are. And yet, I mean, you got to be one, Sean, if you want big donor money and run for president. It's insane. This can't this can't. Continue, brother. This cannot continue. I, I mean, think about how absurd this is. And I mean this. I, this is crazy to me that Nikki Haley actually said on the state. And I'm not trying to gang up on Nikki Haley. But she just, I just think that she lost yeah. last night. Like she yeah. was clear. They were going after her last night on that stage. I think she was, you know, people had determined that she was the front runner. I, I think she got <laughs> the surger. The one I think she running. got I think she got her ass kicked, man. I just do. And I, she was clearly not ready for a lot of this stuff. And I, I, when she said when she said, oh, the way that we stop China from invading Taiwan is to win in Ukraine. I just I just was. How could anyone how can anyone be so unbelievably stupid? I mean, I'm sorry. What? 
it's like it's like the whole thing with TikTok. It's a domino theory. For every, theory, for every the what was it? For every thirty theory. minutes that a child, yeah, right? For every it's myths of empire, child, brother. Yeah. Jack Snyder, a child of watches watches TikTok. They become seventeen percent more anti-Semitic. What the hell does that mean? Like seriously, they trot they they <laughs> they trot out these talking points and they make no sense. And when they go up against somebody like Vivek, who is actually asking them very like direct questions, not only can they not answer them, they look stupid. Nikki Haley actually said, "No, I'm not answering." Uh, Melanie and I turned to each other and said, "Wait, what the hell is what? this? This this is a debate. Like, what do you mean you're not going to answer? You're just too good to answer the question that Vivek is asking." I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe and, it. And why didn't honestly? I I like Megan Kelly. I think she's like like I like her as a person. I think she's cool. Uh, you know, everyone. You know, you're not going to agree with everyone on 100. percent Her job is not really like push political theory. She's a journalist. Okay, so great. Why didn't you push her on that? Why did you let her get away with that? How could you, honestly, if your claim to fame is that you're a journalist who asks all the hard questions, you sat down Donald Trump and you gave him a difficult interview, right? You sat down Ron DeSantis and some people accused you of giving him a softball interview. The answer to both was, well, I'm a journalist and I was there to get these kinds of facts out of him. How do you let an opportunity like that slide by? I mean, that's a Candy Crowley moment, brother. That is a Candy Crowley ever, moment. You, I, I heard somebody. It was hard. To, it was hard to tell because there was some chatter back and forth in the stage. I don't know if it was Megyn Kelly, but some one of the moderators was like, "So they they were like, so you're not gonna you're not gonna answer? No, yeah, really, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe and good if that was, but but you know, I mean, it's crazy though, right? This is a debate. Answer answer the damn questions. It's it's like it's absolutely amazing to me, and so. So Chris Christie last night, I don't want to get caught up on him because I think he's largely irrelevant. In fact, in fact, again, my, 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 my thesis was, it was exactly Natalie. Our daughter came downstairs and she's like, Hey, wait, what's this? Who are these? They're thinking that they were Democrats because she's, you know, younger. So these are the Republican primary, uh, these are Republican primary debates. And she said like, well, where's Trump? I said, well, he's not debating these. He's up by like 50 points on, on these people. And she's like, well, what's the point? And I was like, exactly. And so Chris Christie, like Megyn Kelly. You know, I mean, it's it seemed like the debate was over t- for me uh, prior to him even speaking. But uh, I want to get your reaction to this, Rich, of Megyn Kelly's very first question of Chris Christie yep. last night. Go ahead and roll the tape. He even said that you got into this race just to stop President Trump. His approval rating with Republicans is currently at 81 percent. Yours is at 25. Your best state is New Hampshire. And even there, two thirds of GOP voters say they would be angry and disappointed If you won, respectfully, Governor, you have not stopped, Mr. Trump, and voters may wonder how you could possibly become the nominee of a party that does not appear to like you very much. Yeah, well, look, Megan, it's often very difficult to be the only person on the stage who's telling the truth and the only person who is taking on what needs to be taken on. I, I look at my watch now. We're 17 minutes into this debate, and except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if... The race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. Yeah. What do you think? Can, yeah. Here's I, I actually before the show uh, went on and and looked because I I knew something like this would come up or you know the general idea about the point of these debates. And you were right before Chris Christie is serving a role here. Uh, when Donald Trump 
first denied uh, that, or, or I would say first, um, you know, refused to go to the first debate. When that first debate came and then he announced, I will not go. He was a little bit below 30 points. I mean, 40 points in the RCP average of polls. All right. About his lead. Now he's about 50 points, his lead. So no co consultant worth any weight would have told a guy who's got a 20 to 30 something point lead to go to a debate with a bunch of, I, you can't even call them second tiers. They're bottom of the barrel candidates who are shuffling around the same tiny minority. I'm sorry. It's just true. This has been going on for months now. I mean, you got to earn a fight with the champ, Rich, right? Like I, you got to dude, you don't you have to work it. your way up first, right? Yes. Right? Did, yes. did they just give you a title shot? Because why? You were the governor right. of South Carolina 15 years ago. And Vivek mm -hmm. was right, by the way, about that. You know, you getting a coffee break to, to sit at the UN on your butt with headphones on every day does not give you foreign policy wisdom, which is different than foreign policy experience. And I didn't get to bring it up before, but they're all talking and making these comments. And the truth be told, you know, it's that we have to stop them in Ukraine so that China doesn't take Taiwan. That is a failed theory, and you can tell I mean, everyone knows it's domino theory, miss of empire, Jack Snyder. It's not true. It wasn't true during the Cold War. It wasn't true during the Roman Empire. It's not true now. All right. I mean, it is it's fear-mongering. These are myths. Unfortunately, in the grand scheme of things, when you study this stuff, America is a myth-believing society because we're not prone to realism. We like to look at the world in uh, good versus evil, right versus wrong. We're very idealistic. And, uh, you know, I wish to hell we'd be more realistic because there is no moralism in foreign policy. There are no good states and bad states. Are there bad people? Sure. But, you know, democracies, if the whole world was a democracy, Nikki, we would not war with each. We, we would not. It wouldn't end all war. We would still fight. That's the way the world works. And Chris Christie <laughs> when Vivek just turned to him and listened, like, look, the extent of your foreign policy is closing a bridge, bro, from New Jersey to New York. That was hilarious because, of course, that's true. And, uh, I, I, you know, that part of uh, Chris Christie is a part I actually did like. You have to play hardball in the tri-state area if you want to be effective. They're all very, very dirty people. So I didn't even care about that. But, again, he's, he's, he's not making a serious run for president here, Sean. So, you know, why would you continue any of these debates? Now we hear Rona has sold yet another piece of the Republican Party's soul to CNN for two more debates and ad revenue. Ev that. Rona, every time you let those candidates go on stage, you destroy the Republican image more and more. Every single day, they're chipping away at what, what's left. Because they don't really have a good one, but what's left of the Republican Party. And you know what? For six, seven, almost eight years now, you have had a chance to brand yourself with somebody who people actually like. You haven't done that. He's not going to be around forever. And you're you're just blowing it. And so at, on the decision desk, it was an analysis. And uh, I quote tweeted it, retweeted it because it's 100 percent true. They said, you know what? Republicans are favored slightly in the Senate. They're favored in the White House, but they're going to lose the House at this point. We talked they're about that on the show. We made that call. Lose. And Sean, look at it. Look at the polls. They're just... Under Obama, it was like 0% ticket splitting, especially in battleground states. Under Trump, ticket splitting came back a little bit, which is kind of theoretically a good thing, you know, or, or you know, theoretically it's supposed to be because the country isn't so partisan and bumping into each other. Um, you know, so that's the that's the way the thinking anyway. Um, but now we are just talking to so many people who say, 
I'm going to vote for Trump, but I'm either a not going to vote at all for anybody down down the ticket or, um, you know, people never these dumb Republicans never got this through their heads. They're not from Western Pennsylvania like you or if they are, they're from a different part of society, so they don't see it. There was the Trump coalition was never a Republican coalition. He brought people in and there were always people who may vote for Donald Trump, um, you know, at at the presidential level, but then vote for Sherrod Brown in Ohio. There were always people who would they voted for Barack Obama. Many of these people for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just it's really something, brother. It really is. So the crazy the craziness didn't just stop on the debate stage. And obviously, I think Vivek. You know, again, I don't fully trust him because he's he's new, doesn't have a whole lot of conservative bona fides. You know, I I, I want to wait and uh, taking a wait and see approach on him, but I think that he was very effective in exposing just how intellectually lazy, you know, mainstream or establishment conservatism has become. And you know, people, I mean, all the establishment types were out in force yesterday, just like, oh, I can't, uh, oh, I, oh, Vivek, I can't believe, oh, I can't believe, it's like, you know, it's just stop. Like he's but a fighter. in the crowd really, reminded it, it, it's you of sixteen. Exactly. Exactly. And there was all those were all donors. And that's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah. And it, the insanity didn't just stop on on the debate stage. It it actually happened in the spin room after I saw this interview. And it's 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 like a little bit. It's about three minutes long. Normally, they don't pay play three minute long clips in the show. But it's just it's it's like knives out for Vivek. Now he's on CNN. He's talking to Dana Bash. And in talking about January 6th, and of course, she trots out, you know, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. You're a conspiracy theorist. And Vivek just takes her to school. But she doesn't. It's like she doesn't budge at all. She is all in the on completely like zero intellectual curiosity. None, none whatsoever. She's supposed to be a journalist and 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 just towed the line in the narrative. Just I don't know if you've seen it yet, but if, if you haven't watch this clip and I want to get your reaction, check it out. Let's let's start okay. with January 6th. Sure. There is no evidence that it is an inside job. It was a fringe conspiracy theory that the Trump appointed FBI director Christopher Ray has said explicitly over and over is just not true. So let me. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to address it. I was an anti-woke crusader leaving the business world. And if you had asked me three years ago, is there some chance January 6th is an inside job? I would have said that was crazy talk. I would say looking at the facts of the video footage that have come out, Dana, it is shocking that you still haven't gotten a clear answer of how many federal agents were in the field that day. Look at now the video footage of actually throwing explosives and rubber bullets into what was a peaceful crowd, then releasing to the public what came in response to that. But now look at the video footage that was released. And I'm glad we're talking about it because viewers deserve to look at that footage. Capitol Police literally letting people in who were then now prosecuted, some of whom have gone on to commit suicide because of what the government's doing. That is a case of entrapment. And I think the government has not been transparent about this, which is why I then brought up another case where the government, now 20 years later, with declassified documents, tells us that they lied to us at the time. So I do think we have a government that's consistently lied to its people. An inside job suggests that everybody was who who attacked the Capitol was part of that. that. I didn't say that, but I was saying that there is a case, there's entrapment going on. There's entrapment going on, and this looks like a case of entrapment. And if you look at even over what the last day. What do you mean day, by entrapment? 
Entrapment means that the police no. goaded people to do something otherwise than they otherwise wouldn't have done. And then they arrest them for actually doing it. And you, you saw don't that think in, in, it was in, actually the former president who let's, was let's, trying well, I think to that was the people. media narrative. Now, look at actually. We hard heard case. him. We heard well, him. I'm going to ask you about a case and see what you think about this. Right. You guys said this for a long time about the Gretchen Whitner kidnapping plot. Suddenly gone silent after it comes out at trial that absolutely that was a case of entrapment, which is why two of those people were acquitted. So I'm saying this as somebody who on the other side of this as a biotech CEO, somebody who was even anti-woke. But if I was looking at this, I would have said a lot of this is crazy talk. But if you actually get into the details, I think it is startling how much the government has systematically lied. And I think it's both both parties over the course of the last 25 years. But on the, January the left used to be better 6, at pointing this out the, and being skeptical of the government. The most, but now it's the right, which is the most aggressive, offensive attack on the U.S. Capitol and on democracy itself that we have seen in our lifetime and in many, many lifetimes to say without evidence that it was an inside I'm not saying it without dangerous. evidence. I think that what we're seeing now is the video footage that's come out. I was in a different place before a lot of that evidence came out. But you have to respond to the evidence. What is your response or what is anybody else on CNN's response to the video footage that was released of Capitol Police literally just peacefully allowing well, people well, into the Capitol? What we know or is shooting that into peaceful crowds. people that's, that's, have been convicted but, of crimes. But the reality is many of them were convicted before that information was released. And I'm do glad, you think that former I'm glad President you're Trump this up has there, anything to do with no, no, this? No, because you're bringing up a really good point and your audience and everybody deserves to know the truth about this. Normally, there's a rule in constitutional law. It's called the Brady rule. You have to turn over exculpatory evidence to the other side. In this case, it wasn't turned over because the DOJ said Congress okay. was sitting. On OK, so that's a fa- that's fascinating segment to me for so yep. many reasons. Yeah. But it doesn't it just show you how entrenched these traditional media types are in in defending the narrative, but not thinking critically. And isn't that just an unbel? It's, it's a perfect microcosm of where we are in society today and where the left is today. The left is in a very, very perilous place. Yeah, they've lost their minds. They went full authoritarian. They really have to believe everything Christopher Ray says. Are, are you joking me? White <laughs> vans, Dana, Google it. White van- vans, number one. Number two, um, you know, as there's something to also about ignorance, like her, Bill Maher. When you get into these conversations with these people, you know, Oliver Stone went on Bill Maher's show and and yes. talked about election integrity. And he was like, look, come on, man. Biden didn't beat Trump. And then he was like, what? And then he yeah. proceeded <laughs> to bring up all these things that were he, Bill Maher clearly didn't know about. And then he made claims that were false. He said, you know, every one of Trump's lawsuits had their day in court. They were dis- they were they they had their day in court and they were found to be baseless. No, they weren't. They were they didn't have their day in court. Judges largely most of the vast majority were dismissed on standing. None of them had their day. Kerry Lake is the only one who was successfully able to try an election fraud case on the Republican side. Democrats have had their day in court. Nobody on the right in the Trump camp. Forget it. None of them had their day in court. That's number one. And, and number, uh, you know, th- this thing with the FBI, Sean, is starting to really bother me with the left because lately I've been looking a lot at just from stati- a statistical point of view, the justice system. And because I, I had just do- something had dawned on me recently about conviction rates. And I wanted to basically look at state level conviction rates versus federal conviction rates. And I'm thinking to myself, in the D.C. district is horrible. So is the Southern District of New York. If we know and accept that the justice system is an imperfect system and it's, you know, it's pretty flawed. If we accept that, all of us generally accept it's the best we can do, but it is flawed. Then how does how does the red flag not immediately go up 
when you see 99% plus conviction rates. So if it's a flawed system, then we would most, most definitely expect to see a much more balanced acquittal and conviction rate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The FBI has been at this for years. The FBI uh, played a very similar nudge, 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 nudge role in, in, in cases probably people don't even know about, but are very widely known. I mean, the FBI had a hand in the killing of Malcolm X. They pushed members of the Nation of Islam, who they turned uh, to to hate Malcolm X. And they had this constant, after he was expelled from the Nation of Islam, they had this constant back and forth. And the FBI kept prodding at the leadership of the Nation of Islam to, to, to make them think that Malcolm X was a threat. And, uh, you know, uh, sadly, two of the three that were arrested uh, were totally innocent, John. And they spent 20 plus years in jail for an assassination of a man they, they had no part in. And the, the one who was guilty had said it from the beginning. And the FBI shut him up. And by the way, the killer was let to run free until he died a few years ago. He's in Cory Booker's campaign ad from 2010. It's insane. He was protected by the FBI for decades. This is known stuff. And yet Dana wouldn't have any information about this. I didn't until I started looking in to a lot of this stuff. And uh, you said they're in a perilous place. They are, my friend, because, you know, rewind uh, decades, the, the stuff they did to Martin Luther King, you know, this, this, it, this is unacceptable. It's just that it hasn't impacted us. And it really, I, I'm really disappointed in myself, frankly, because I didn't realize how bad it was until it did start to impact, you know, the, the, my world, you know, and I, I, I now see what a lot of these people have been complaining about uh, when it comes to the feds for years there. I mean, they're a criminal organization, brother. I mean, there's there's no in my mind. This is not a federal law enforcement you know, agency. This is a dangerous, dangerous uh, a, a mob. You know, I mean, I, I'd rather have the Italian mob run run the show. I mean, school, well, Sean. look, I mean, you I, I'm not I mean, kidding. They don't have the after, faith and credit of the U.S. behind them, you I mean, know. The J- Tape, the January 6th tapes are out. Not all of them are out. And I think Mike Johnson is, you know, trying to blur the faces of people on the January 6th. T- I don't know. I don't As know. As if the, the FBI uh, hasn't seen it. Or yeah, I, I, exactly. That's, that's sort Kyle of what Rittenhouse? I uh, Come on. They, yeah, they, they clearly already have all of those. So I don't know what the reason for the delay is. I don't. Um, but Scaring don't, you up into the election. Can I answer it, that real quick? They're trying sure. to scare you. They're ter- this is a Robespierre like terror tactic to try to scare you away from supporting Donald Trump, being vocal, being active, even voting for the man, his movement. They want to squid. They want to squish this. They want to kill this movement. They want to end it. They want to eradicate it. They want to nuke the earth of this movement. And so they can later seed it with their own crap. That's what they're doing here, brother. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that is what they are trying to do. They are trying to scare people. And that is, you know, French revolution stuff, man. That's not America. That is not, but sadly it has been going on. Laura and I were just having this conversation earlier, going over some of the data. This has been going on for a really long time, you know, not, not throughout the 1800s and even most of the 1900s, but, um, probably, you know, 70 from the progressive era on things have gotten really bad. And then, you know, the FBI was of course, uh, established to chase down people who, who, you know, were doing interstate crimes, bank robberies, you know, but what, think about how their foundation, they didn't arrest these people. They murdered John Dillinger, dude. They murdered these people. Come on. This is crazy. This is yeah. nuts. I mean, to me, I, Sean, this scared, scared. It should I mean, scare clearly, all of us. 
Well, right, right. I mean, clearly, when you just so much of this is like, okay, so if you don't, if if you believe what Dana Bash believes about January sixth, I don't want to get too too hung up on that because I only have you for another nine minutes, and I got to get yeah. your take on this this Fox and Friends interview with Vivek. But if you don't believe, okay, so you believe oh, what Dana said Bash I could believes. Go a little over that. She she did say she she did. Laura said that. Yeah, I got till six. Oh then. my, yeah. you know, please give Savage Laura. Yeah. Obviously, your commander. Hence my best. No, before that's what she was doing. She was like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. six. I'm like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right." Well, so even if you believe uh, what Dana Bash believes, but just watch the Democrats and how they conduct themselves in, in constructing the January sixth committee. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't ask for a Jim Jordan to be part of that committee. They didn't ask for you know a fire breathing Republican to be on that committee. They asked for Adam Kindinger and Liz Cheney, who my biggest anti-Trump people in the world, biggest uh, never Trump people in the world. They wanted people who weren't going to question the narrative in the very similar way that Dana Bash is not questioning the narrative, just yeah. narrative over truth. But so you're watching that. And even if you're if you're if you're thinking for yourself, you're thinking, well, they don't want any dissent in this committee. Yeah. And you know, look, when it, we saw this, some of this with impeachment as well, uh, and Republicans aren't, uh, you know, their hands aren't clean on this kind of stuff either. Like with the, there's this it's an entire mentality, really, that is really plaguing us. Ken Paxton in the House, when they ran that impeachment, they didn't allow him to defend himself only when mm -hmm. it came to the Senate. And there was an actual you know, trial to convict him. Um, everything that they had claimed they had was a lie. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a total lie. There was nothing new, Sean. There was nothing. You know, they all all of the big, bold claims that they made to get that through the House um, were not real. And honestly, uh, Lieutenant Governor, who's running for governor, is in trouble here because uh, he made comments during a, a meeting yesterday that basically said, you know, that the Democrats don't believe in any of this stuff anymore. But, it, you know, it. It's not even them that he's surprised to be attacked by when he confronts it. It's the the cowards on the right or supposedly in the Republican Party that don't do enough to stop them. That's why they've continuously inched worse and worse, you know, into this territory, which is dangerous territory. And then he said a comment, which is what he got him in trouble. He said, you know, but I'm not worried when I go after them, too, because, you know, the Lord's coming back one day and they're going to have to answer for it. And <laughs> so they're like, oh, my God, he's calling for like. Uh, righteous retribution <laughs> and i'm kidding i'm not kidding his headlines everywhere over it it's ridiculous that's um, insanely stupid but he's but not it, wrong it is but he's not wrong and you know republicans have not done enough uh to 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 be the voice of sanity because uh you know the things like the presumption of innocence uh attorney client privilege being able to mount your own defense that stuff's out the window now brother with these people it's out the yeah, window right and you know it, that's so that's, okay so you got it. You got it. So this, did you see that Vivek was on Fox? And this was said knives are out for Vivek, and it's crazy to me because look, he thinks outside the box. And, he stepped and over the line. The, yeah, he and, and yeah, and people are out for, out to get this guy. He was on Fox not a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. Let me just say, yeah, I'm, I was blown away. I was blown away by this interview. I'm going to show you here in a second, but. You know, what I appreciated about Donald Trump is that he thought differently. Yeah. I, it, at first, it took a little adjusting. It was like, hey, this isn't always how we've done things, especially as it pertains to foreign policy. I've told you many times and the viewers on this show that back back in the day, hey, Patriot Act. Hell, yeah, I'm a patriot. I support that. Oh, war in Iraq. Oh, my God, we can't let Saddam have nukes. I mean, I, I was a lock, stock and barrel. I believe that stuff. I don't anymore. But, you know. 
trust to me is something that is earned and our government, Republican and Democrat, have not earned it. They lost my trust. So if they ever want it back, they got to earn it. And so I, I don't trust anything that the government has to say anymore. And so but 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 so what I appreciated about Trump is a different approach to foreign policy now. And look, that led to, you know, a, an historic peace agreement called the Abraham Accords in the Middle East. He's and, a realist. All, That's why yeah, all my He's life. The only realist we've ever had. Yes, we could achieve peace on earth if we somehow get peace in the Middle East. And Donald Trump, in four years, in the face of withering resistance, Rich, actually made it happen. And and so Vivek is sort of, I think he's seeing this. I mean, he understands like Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, and their perspective on foreign policy. He looks at what President Trump is offering up, and, and, and he has his own foreign policy that he's advancing. But it's like, why... Republicans, you know, Fox and Friends should be a conservative show. Fox is a is a is a is a conservative network. Why are even conservatives attacking a different approach? Just watch this clip, man. Like we cut it down. It was it was way too long, but it's still like a little over two minutes. But it's it's crazy. I had to watch it several times because I got so pissed off at the exchange. It's just it's just mind blowing to me. Check this out, Rich. Yep. Yeah, but the problem I just like to know with his policy, it's just ridiculous on on Russia and Ukraine. He says. Tell Russia basically they can have Ukraine if they promise not to have an alliance with China. I mean, if there's, uh, can, can hear us now? Hey, Vivek, Vivek, I can hear. Vivek yep. are you comfortable? You. Are you comfortable with Russia taking as much as Ukraine as they want? Are you comfortable pulling all our aid out? And do you really believe that Vladimir Putin will agree not to have an alliance with China? I think we have to be play hardball there and make a hard deal that requires any reneging on that deal to have major consequences. Like what? Like sanctions like we have right now? Well, look, I think that we have to be able to have real consequences, maximum pressure campaign. We have sanctions. We don't have a maximum pressure campaign. And I can go into the details of that, and I have at the Nixon Library and elsewhere. But what I'm saying, Brian, is the clear principles are this war doesn't advance U.S. interests. Yes, the it Russia, does. China if you give up Eastern Europe, if you give up Eastern Europe, we'll be in a war. If I'm asking a question, if right. you ask but, a question, but, I want to make sure I answer it. You, I'll it give it is in our interest. Detailed contours of a deal. I think it is not in our interest to strengthen the Russia-China alliance, and I think our policy it's right now be done is anyway. driving Russia further into China's well, arms. It's going to be I done anyway. With you you, you cannot keep that. Russia from China. I think Russia is going. I think the answer is we are driving Russia into China's hands. There are kinks in the armor of that relationship. Look at Russia sending weapons to India and to Vietnam after other meetings they've had. This is our opportunity. Nixon did this in 1972. And Brian, respectfully, people like you said the same thing, that Nixon right. couldn't do it. Well, it takes an outsider I was, I who's skeptical seven. of that establishment that's going to be me. Uh, I was seven well, years I, old. But you, uh, we, but, we can but, both do well, okay, well, okay, history. I, I, and I, but, but, I trust but, but, you but, to know that. Are you comfortable <laughs> giving up Eastern Europe? Because you know they're already taking Moldova, I'm, already making moves on the Baltic already. They're taking more and more pieces of I'll Georgia. Tell you what I'm not comfortable and all with. we've done is sit there and send blankets and MREs. And we got an invasion. So what is going to be next? Because we have no idea how Ukraine has spent $200 billion of our money. We're forking over more taxpayer money. Do you so see how they fight? The can These guys house. are the best That's fighters corrupt, in the world. I'm not going to stand for Ukrainians that. are probably the best fighters in the world. Ukraine is not some democracy. Ukraine is That's fighting Ukraine. for their sovereignty.
Well, you, and they were I mean, invaded. Here's the news they media have reported. Ukraine has actually assassinated a former presidential candidate from 2019. It just makes you sound so naive. doesn't like to report that. So naive. Well, you give up Ukraine, and then a few years you'll be criticizing Joe way. Biden for giving up Ukraine. I respectfully, uh, you know, we, we, we can respectfully, have, you know, Brian, I, I think that if, if I called Nikki Haley naive, you guys would be having a conniption. Let's be honest about that. But you want to call me naive, I actually understand what the heck I'm talking about. Look, man, I've, been, I've gone on it's hard to get through that clip. It is. It is. I had to watch it multiple times, Rich. I, I mean, I've been going on Fox since 2012. I haven't gone on for a while. Actually, it was just on today. Like, I think there's going to be a big debate between me and Tommy Laren that comes out tonight uh, on Fox at some point. Um, Another genius. Sure what? <laughs> Rich, you are one savage man. You know that? It's an idiot. Um, well, <laughs> don't criticize people over sampling errors if you don't know what a sampling error is. You know, let's just stop for a second. Remember, Hillary Clinton was way ahead of Donald Trump, and he was she was 3.7 points ahead within most sampling eras, not 37 points ahead, not 47 points ahead. And by the way, she's who I'm talking about, along with all the other idiots on that couch. Beware of chameleons. Beware of the chameleon. You can actually see their skin changing in front of you as as Donald Trump. It becomes clearer and clearer that he's going to be the nominee. And he's probably going to beat Joe Biden, and they're going to have him. Probably he is the favorite right now. Things can change, but there's no doubt. So you see Brian and Ducey, two uh, you know uh, prior pushers of weapons of mass destruction in the Iraq War. Only unlike you, they haven't learned. They haven't grown. And by the way, I didn't support the Patriot Act, but I did support like TSA, Homeland Security and stuff like that. I wish I never did. Um, and I did think that he probably had weapons of mass destruction until he didn't. And then it's like, mm -hmm. so you and I, we can learn and we demonstrate the capacity to conduct introspection, to learn more facts and to change our opinions. These tools do not. It is hard to get through that clip, Sean, because number one, <laughs> If Russia was on our border, if they were in Calgary or they were in Alberta, or they were in, uh, you know, in Canada, Mexico, we would have a meltdown. There is one nation that is being the aggressor and then there is one that is not. They're not in our hemisphere, brother. They're not in our hemisphere. And the one time they tried to go in our hemisphere, we almost started a nuclear war over it. So they think they hold different standards and Kilimit again. You know, Vivek's trying to bring up detente, something called detente. When Nixon said, look, that's exactly right. Like a realist would. And this is why Brian needs to read. He writes a lot of crummy books, but I guess he doesn't read enough good ones. Read Tragedy of Great Power Politics, Brian. Learn how the world works. The international system is not that hard to figure out. They're in their sphere of influence. We're not. We're an insular power and we're meddling in their sphere of influence. We're pushing Russia to China where we should have approached Russia and we should have dealt with them the same way we dealt with India because China is able to encroach in their sphere of influence much easier than we are. The China's being smart and they're not. And we are being a power in another side of the world so that we they have no choice but to become more, you know, more uh, aligned uh, and create what's called a uh, coalition, a bandwagon coalition. And we have no chance to balance against that balancing being, you know, getting with our own allies and, you know, pushing back because the, our allies are weak. You know, so all Brian is talking about is think about what he's saying, Sean, get back a country that wasn't ours to begin with. Give up Eastern Europe, he said. 
we created this problem when we waged a coup against a democratically elected exactly government right. in Ukraine, you tool. What, we, what business of it was ours? And by the way, who'd we do that for, Brian? Joe Biden, and his family, to take all the shale deposits so his son can get a job on the, on the board of Burisma when he has no experience in that world or that industry? And so, you know, I mean, this is just insane. It's a money laundering scheme. And we haven't, we don't know where all of this money is going. We bled Ukraine dry of all of their young men. They have nothing left. We're, by the time we're done with this country, they're going to be a failed state because they're not going to have enough people for labor. There are certain women are not going to be able to do everything, you know, in, in the, across the economy that men have to do. This is how, this is how nations fail. It's, they wouldn't be the first one to happen. Sadly, we learned nothing. We learned absolutely nothing. And by the way, here, this, this will make their heads explode. NATO is outdated. The Warsaw Pact has been dissolved. If NATO wasn't there, we wouldn't have this issue. Vladimir Putin is not some Cold War relic who wants to relive the, the Bolshevik dream. He hates the Bolsheviks. He hates them. He thinks they put socialism above the interests of the Russian people. Yeah. I, and they, look, they, just, I, they don't I, speak Russian, Sean. They don't listen I, to his speeches. They don't know what they're talking about. And by the way, it normally wouldn't get me this angry, but they're killing people. They, they're dumb stupidity. Brian Kilmeade being an idiot gets people killed. And that's what we've been dealing with. I look, I, this all comes, look, this all comes at a time. So we're talking about Ukraine. You mentioned it briefly that they've sacrificed and lost an entire generation of they're men, gone. Uh, men in their twenties, thirties, forties, they're gone. They're recruiting 50, 60 year old men right now. There, there is no path to victory for Ukraine against Russia. There's not, it, which is why you're seeing this burgeoning narrative that's emerged just this week, first pushed by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, saying yeah. that if Ukraine doesn't essentially get their aid package from Congress by the end of the year, we might have to send American troops to defend NATO it nations. The plan of this all along, Sean. Exactly. And then you heard Joe Biden month. come out. J Joe Biden came out and said the same thing. And then Admiral Kirby came out. I mean, seriously, all within the span of two days. Admiral Kirby came out and said, look, it, it, what we're paying now is going to pale in comparison to the price of American blood that's going to have to be spilled should we not give them yet. I'm not even exaggerating, man. I know. Like, I know. These people, the Amer Americans, obviously, I think, don't support the Ukraine war at all, which is why, which is why you heard the people who were sitting behind Vivek clap when he said, we have no idea what the hell is going on with what we're sending over there. We have no idea what we've wasted hundreds of billions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer money. I have no idea. And, and people clapped. I think if you looked at the polling, and you probably have, you know this stuff better than me, the American people, and I, 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 would, I would even argue across the aisle, have soured on Ukraine. I just think yeah. that they're done. They're over it. They feel like Zelensky and Ukraine has gotten enough of our money, uh, and there's not nearly enough accountability for what's happening over there. I think there are questions swirling about who Zelensky really is and what his motivations truly are. They're not a liberal democracy. Zelensky is turning Ukraine into an authoritarian state. You're saying it's going to be a failed state. I don't disagree. But prior to it being a failed state, he's going to become a dictator himself. I mean, this is a disaster. And, and and something that Melanie, my wife, my wife told me before I came down here and did the show with you, she said, you know, you think, you know, if you're a Republican and your views on foreign policy and specifically as it pertains to Ukraine align with 100 percent of the Democrat Party, do you think you might be in the wrong? I mean, yeah. she's, she's exactly right. Yeah. 
And that's why we're in, we are in the middle of this realignment and have been for years. And Republicans are blowing it because they never really understood that they were getting the better end of this deal. There are more people who don't want endless wars than there are not. Right. There are more working class um you know, Hispanics, uh, the, uh, working class Hispanics are the number one growing group. You know, Democrats have to wait for white people to send their kids to crappy colleges like Penn University who don't think the extinction, the extermination of Jews <laughs> is the problem. They need that in order to get more voters. You know, all of the growth was in the way that uh, America first Republicanism was trying to push the Republican Party and they didn't do it. You know, and all these people on Twitter uh, who are like, you know, I voted for Trump in 16 and 20, but I'm not with them now. They don't exist. They're not real. I'm telling you right now, most of the people on that network did not vote for Donald Trump. They're full of crap. They are totally full of it. They are statistically insignificant. Uh, you know, <laughs> also when it comes to Ukraine, um, you mentioned how much money we have spent. What we don't talk about enough is how much money we have forced Russia to spend. Because every, every you know, time that we, um, you know, escalate this, Sean, we're changing Putin's equation. And he would have stopped if it didn't cost him a lot in blood and treasure. He would have stopped at, you know, the, maybe Eastern Ukraine. The, the more this goes on. Uh, and by the way, they want to be. This is another thing. Brian Killamy thinks he knows better than the people in Donbass, whether or not they want to be part of Russia or not. You know, like whether they want to be under Russia's control. People in the Donbass freaking hate Vladimir Zelensky now. He wasn't elected in the landscape in the landslide. He was uh, he goes, he did win in a landslide by promising to continue uh, the extermination of the people in eastern Ukraine. That's not how he won. He ran on a different um, on a totally different platform, but he didn't stop. And that's why before this war, his approval rating was like 29 percent. And the longer he stays in this war, the better it is for Vladimir Zelensky, because now he's got his law that says it's not that I'm canceling elections. You know, Ukraine law now says and we can't have an election as long as we're engaged in, in a war. So for Vladimir Zelensky, war, never ending war, it means never ending power, it means never ending grift where he can continue to siphon off your money because that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, L. Todd Wood, he's the owner and uh, he writes too, but he's the owner of Creative Destruction Media and they, they have regional um outlets you know one's from the middle east and it's called zionism the other one's czarism and it covers the uh, eastern europe and the former soviet union the stories he's that him and his staff have done on where some of this money is going don't tell me the new york times couldn't figure this out of course they can don't tell me fox news can't figure this out of course they can and you know he loves the ukrainian people but it doesn't stop him from reporting on the scams, the amount of money that they are they are enriching themselves with with this with this money laundering scam of foreign aid, and that's all this is. I mean, nobody knows how much got shaved off on the way. How you know the the arms dealers get their cut? You know, I mean, it's not all heading to the battlefield. It's tragic, and it's so sad to watch. You know, how many months ago now? You know, them pushing this propaganda. Look, they're coming out of the NATO training bases. Here's the new wave, the counteroffensive. All of those men that you saw walking in columns coming out of the NATO training bases are dead. They're all dead. Coming out of Poland and other countries, they've been wiped out. The counteroffensive was a total failure. They, I mean, this is another thing. Shouldn't we learn how to win war, Sean, before we start them again? I mean, what kind of a command decides on Blitzkrieg when, you have, when you're in an unfair fight? They're not even smart enough to review anymore military strategy, 
what wins, what doesn't, what kind of success, uh, what, what, what is your, you know, your likelihood of success with a certain operation. It's getting to the point now where I have zero faith in them to even do the job they have. Everyone knows. I mean, I'm, I, I wasn't even, you know, brass brother, but I know Blitzkrieg doesn't work unless you have an advantage and they decided to use Blitzkrieg. Let's even just assume, because there are some instances where in a quote fair fight, uh, you know, Blitzkrieg is won, but they've lost more than they've won. Did anybody really think Ukraine was in a fair fight with Russia? Like, let's just, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so sad because you're watching these guys in these stupid little Ukraine flags and on Twitter, you know, the, the, the accounts with their little Ukraine flags pushing this propaganda. Here they come. We're going to make Putin pay. And I know I'm looking at a bunch of columns of dead men walking. It's sad, man. While Brian Killamy sips his latte on the curvy couch. It's unbelievable. Wow. Rich. It's unbelievable. I, uh, I'm telling you, man, you were on fire tonight. The chat's like lighting up. Look, look, Renee, Rich is on fire. Older and by the way, get, the, man. Pe the, peop <laughs> the people in the chat, man, like everyone, they, they completely agree. I mean, people see through this stuff. I mean, and 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 the people that, that are a part of this movement, people that watch the show, I mean, obviously they're, I don't want to speak for everybody, but the vast majority of people see things for what they, for, for the way they really are. They can think critically. They can think on their own. Um, all these people are I, I tell them often that they're the best chat in the business and they they ask about you coming on all the time. But for the newbies who are in the platoon, in the trenches with us today, Rich, tell us all where we can find you and how we can support you and Laura and that awesome young family that you have. Best place to do so is on localspeoplespundit.locals.com. That's the best place. I mean, the show runs on YouTube. It runs on Rumble, but it does air right to uh, locals. If you got a fire stick, you can watch it on your TV Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, but that's like the central hub for everything, folks. Localspeoplespundit.locals.com. On a lighter note, we'll be talking about the Christmas poll, which is coming up. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're doing You know, it's, it's part of our uh, national poll we, we, that's coming up that we have to do. But during the holidays, we try to do something fun and we have, you know, people who tell us they celebrate Christmas and funnel them off and ask them a series of other questions. So if you go to locals, check it out, uh, you're going to be able to like give us some suggestions. It's some sometimes it's cool stuff like, um, you know, if you celebrate Christmas, what does it mean to you? Do you celebrate the birth of Christ or not? Because during the Easter poll, you'd be surprised how many people celebrate Easter, but don't believe in the resurrection. So some of that is like religious based and we want to like study the faithful, but others, it's just fun. Last year we did, what's your favorite version of the Christmas Carol? You know, um, it was neat. <laughs> yeah. And this year we're doing, you know, basic color patterns. Laura was researching all the different themes for Christmas. Red, you have your red and green, right? But then you have like your pink and champagne and your blue and, and silver and all sorts of crazy stuff. So it'll be fun, man. What's tree fake tree or real tree you know hey you got a poll for me there's a big debate in my house right now about uh, <laughs> i know man I mean, what is it, what I, is it? I, give me some ideas i have very little pool in my house okay i've got that girls outnumber the boys in this household okay so if as as a as, we are something so brock puts up have a look at the screen there that's our christmas tree thank you brock there's a debate that raging in this house first of all melanie that's puts so many lights on that tree if melanie puts so many lights on that tree you can see the damn thing from space okay? that's a balsam fur that's how it's supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> laura is in the background so, like, so i i have had garland well, Laura, I have had garland on my trees all my life, but the girls don't like the garland, but the boys do. And so Melanie, being as gracious and wonderful as she is, 
put Garland on the tree, but she's just humoring me. And I don't want to be in the doghouse on this. So I took a poll here, an informal poll in the chat. Rich, but you got to poll this for me, man. Yeah. No, Garland this, ribbon is wearing She ass. does ribbon. Um, <laughs> and I used to like Garland. Like, uh, you know, I, no I used to like white lights, <laughs> so gold, no basically like golden re or, or red and green balls with gold Garland. I used to love that. Um, but I'm outvoted. We're outvoted. I don't like the Garland when you throw it on the tree my my um my uh mom used to do that she used to like throw gar but she did yeah, like yeah, yeah, popcorn yeah. cranberries and throwing garland on the tree um that's like the degree crazy in her i guess but um you know i i like now what laura does is beautiful but uh yeah that is, those are good ideas you know what do you like what we and that's part of it clear lights or colored lights on the christmas tree or or laura said what are you doing we're creating the question and she's like you gotta have both you got to give people an answer for both. And we do have where, you know, we got the controller where you can turn it to white color mm -hmm. or balls. Mm -hmm. uh, that tree was pretty, though. That's a balsam fir. Was that a balsam? It's hard to see with all those lights. Is that Melanie a balsam insists fir? on real trees. Yes, we got this Christmas tree farm. We live, we live on a farm, but we, we live on a farm, right? But we have this Christmas. Thank That's you, bro. Gorgeous, Back man. up there. That's yeah, a Melanie, Christmas tree. Melanie is exceptional. It takes her three damn days Look to put the tree. lights on there. She puts three, day, three days to get the lights on there. But yeah. Yeah, she does a good job. Over, you can, hey, Laura, listen, you, snow. Savage Rich, anytime you want to come up to Pennsylvania and freeze your asses off, there is an open. We'll take you up on that, country. brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll well, take you up on that, man. So we're over time. Laura, thank you for lending oh, us yeah. your husband oh, tonight. Um, I didn't even notice. Yeah, Rich, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Laura. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you back on and, and lead up to Christmas if that's cool. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, Rich. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All the best. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it, Rich. Take care. See you, Laura. Um, okay. So, hey, look, Savage Rich, man. That guy is the best in the business, best pollster in the business. Be sure to support him. People's Pundit, People's Pundit on Rumble. Subscribe to him there, but also subscribe to his locals page. He does just an incredible polling. Um, but, yeah, that's here. You got it. We're over. We're over an hour tonight. Uh, so sorry we went a little bit over. But as always, if you tuned in this far, like and rumble, like and rumble, like and rumble. It helps this show grow. And we've been growing like gangbusters over a thousand new subscribers in the last month, which is great for a fledgling show like ours. Tell your family, tell your friends to subscribe to Battleground Live. This show is and will always be for you. Um, trying to figure out some stuff for tomorrow about finding a producer. Um, I, Commander Brock, or not Commander Brock, but Brockstar has got a full schedule tomorrow. So I'll let you know about the show tomorrow. Uh, but as always, thank you all for watching this show. Thank you all for tuning in. The show, again, is, is and will always be for you. God bless you all, and God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.